Darkness. Yes. It's been a while. It's been, a, uh, as the kids say, a hot minute. I've been uh, downrange two weeks in a row. You have. You, uh, if I remember correctly, you had uh, Parents Weekend. Is that right? The uh, last weekend was Parents Weekend yes. at uh, University of Georgia. Yes. The dogs. Yep. So I spent a uh, weekend down there. Excellent. With how is... 2.0. Yeah. How is how is she? Good. 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 She's prospering. Loving life. Freshman year of college. You know, I'm watching carefully because I'm about to send mine off. Uh, to be a freshman in college. Where's the? Year. Where's your going? You know, I wish she would decide. What's her? What's her? The top for? two right now are uh, South Carolina University, of South Carolina. Heard of it? Uh, right. And the the Gamecocks, as it were, and also uh, BYU Idaho made the chin strap rest in peace. Oh, okay. Well, that's a. Those are two pretty big choices. That is a, a lesser. Uh, for those not familiar, that is a lesser satellite. Um, Kind of like the, it's like, it used to be called Rick's College, and it was primarily a women's college, and then it kind of went to be a two-year, like, you could get an associate's there. Wait a second, what did you but say, then, BYU where? Idaho. Oh, I didn't even hear you say that. Yeah. I just heard BYU, and then, uh, okay. Right, and shut off, yeah. Where, where, where in Idaho? It's in Rexburg, Idaho, which is somewhere uh, in southernish. I didn't Idaho, realize sure. that BYU had satellites that were not in Utah. Hence the explanation that I am giving, which is it used to be, the, you know, it was church-owned still, but it was called Rick's. It was a two-year school and then whatever. And then I don't remember how many, maybe 15, 20 years ago, it decided to become a four-year institution. And so it's still, it's a smaller student body with a higher acceptance rate, that sort of thing. But it's it's a more compact campus and and, uh, and that kind of thing. And she went and toured and, and she liked it pretty well. There's also a BYU uh, in Hawaii, um, if you didn't know that. I'll tell you that one. There not, is did not know that. Yeah. So had not realized that the FCAMs had penetrated uh, the, the, the Polynesian Island. Polynesian Island didn't yeah. know. Oh yeah, we ain't playing around. Nope. <laughs> to to quote the uh, infamous Conor McGregor, uh, we didn't come to take part. We can't take over. <laughs> That's good. You like that? The yeah. notorious. That game. is uh, probably it's probably written in uh, in Brigham's heart somewhere. For somewhere probably wherever he is interred. Yeah. I don't actually know where that is, but yeah. I'm sure it's near Salt Lake somewhere. It's in Provo, Utah. Probably. probably. Actually, his ashes are probably in the statue that's on the campus of him with the beard. <laughs> that could be. Could, yeah. I have no idea. Could be. His last dying breath through his beard was no no one else shall ever have a beard. Sorry, at this I university. will be the last beard. There'll be no beard. He actually never did graduate from the Brigham University. Um, no, it's true. Fairly certain, but it's a guess, but I'm still fairly certain that it didn't exist. Uh, at his death, it did not. It was not called Brigham Young University at his death. It got renamed later. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's my understanding, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. So it, they did start a university under his. his they did. Uh, purview. Yeah. Yeah. Under his watch, mm, okay. they started a university, but I don't think it was called Brigham Young University. Under, under his baleful glaze. Yes. Gaze. <laughs> That's right. He was like, "How could I? What, what's a way that I could collect a lot of coed <laughs> age young binder women? Oh, I know it. We will educate. Dying them. wish. We will trade them education." Never change the name of this <laughs> of this denomination, and he died. <laughs> uh, you know, there's got to be a statute of limitations. Yeah, yeah a couple well, hundred clearly, years, and it's clearly, like, clearly, eh, clearly. we're moving on. We're moving on. Uh, so, which and speaking of moving on, uh, it might be a good time. A professional segue to roll that beautiful bean footage and go. And, and we're, we're back. back. <laughs> we're putting the band back together. What would you say you do here? We're on a mission from God. Who is the minivan centurion? He's not simply a husband, father, and a good neighbor, although he is all of those things. He's also the coarse twine that holds the fabric of our community together, fighting to keep us united in the face of those who would split us apart. Most importantly, the minivan centurion is the special trustee of the legacy of liberty, which has been passed through generations of tired and bloody hands from the original men who first founded and then fought to build this nation. The Minivan Centurion is you. He's me. He's every man who lives third, holds the middle, and seeks to stay in the fight. Yeah, yeah. I always charged up to pretend I just heard the opening <laughs> bumper. That's right. What is it you say you do here? here? It's good. It's a professional bumper. I, I learned from the best. This is not. I stole the idea from Kitty. This is not. Part of the F three family podcast, and no, listening. But we do love the fact that part of our parts of our F three family are listening. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, uh, yeah. dozens of scores, uh, literal scores. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy, uh, just crazy how uh, how 
centurion mania is just it's, sweeping. It's MC Curiosity has spread throughout the, <laughs> the universe. A few hundred. Uh, uh, but, but regardless of how few in number we may be now, uh, hearty of soul uh, and strong of purpose, uh, we've never been more necessary. Boy, speaking of professional segues, boom, that was pretty good. Yeah, there you go. Because as as we started to look around the, you know, where do we go with this and that kind of thing, uh, as far as the podcast is concerned, I thought, you know, we should really address some of the issues that we see in our day uh, and help men to understand and help us to think through uh, how we how we approach the challenges uh, as minivan centurions. And so I, you know, back in the day when we did that other podcast that is part of the family of podcasts, we had sort of a patron saint. Do you remember? The patron saint of the 43? Yeah. I don't know. Mike Leach. Oh, yeah. I I thought we didn't talk about the featurettes. (laughs) But yes, Mike Leach. Well, now that we're not in the F3 podcast, we can talk about whatever we want. Coach Mike Leach. Coach Mike Leach. Then of the uh, Washington State Huskies, now of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Exactly. Uh, He he was sort of the patron saint of of the 43. Maybe people don't know why that was. Do you think it bears an explanation? I'll just briefly Yeah, just give him a high level. Because Coach Mike Leach had some interesting takes and solutions to problems and <laughs> wasn't afraid to express them. No, he, and most of the time they were, honestly, they were kind of reasonably well thought out. Sure. And it started with that whole, like, uh, how do we fix the NCAA? Yeah. You right. know, the brackets right. and the right. you know, BCS bowls that and all was, this kind of stuff. It was a longstanding and vexing problem, uh, a, a solution right. to a longstanding vexing problem, perfectly reasonable. Right. That would never be. Never going to be implemented. And, and and this coming year, it shall not be. Because I think we right. first brought that up like four or five years ago. <laughs> it, he, it was like an 18 playoff, and yeah. he pointed out that yeah. you know what we there, could there's do. no other major sports league, college, yeah. uh, college or pro, football or basketball, that does not have at least an 18 playoff. And he points out how you could do it, how easily it would be done. Right. And he himself points out. And, and, and it will it, never happen. It will never happen. And the reason we call it. We called it at that point. We called it a Pullman. Yep. And the reason we called it that is because of Pullman, Washington, right? Uh, yeah, the home of yeah. the you know in the, in the in the valley of the of the Shastas. Yeah. The home <laughs> of the Washington State. No, that's not Husky. Are they Husky? No, I don't know. You, who are you asking? Come on, like I no, I've forgotten. Idea. The Huskies are Washington University, Washington. It's Washington. Oh, Cougars. 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 Oh, I was, was going to name Badgers. I was going to say, but that's Wisconsin. I yeah. Think, right? Or Badgers. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So, okay. So the Cougars. Yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because I remember we, we made some references to yep. the fact that BYU is also Cougars. That's right. That's um, right. But uh, I, presumably for the same reason. <clears throat> we. Uh, I think because they're, the Cougar was. It's a, a common animal in the area. In the area, yeah. Yeah, but uh, point being, so Mike Leach became then sort of the patron saint of the 43 Feet yep. podcast, yep. and the patron saint, I'm going to propose today that the patron saint of the Minivan Centurion podcast be one uh, President Zelensky. Oh, you can't go Ukrainian president? Uh, yeah. I don't know if we can do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> tell, me, tell me why. Well, I, I'll give you a couple thoughts, and then I'm, I'm interested to hear what you say. All right. So, first of all, I think... From what I can tell, and I'm not going to lie and say that I'm deeply embroiled in all the facts and figures and, and that I've been following it super, super closely, so I know that there's going to be engineers out there who will come and say, well, that's engineers. not what happened, right? Yeah, right. That's, who they, that's who does it. Yeah. Um, engineers and financial analysts, those are the guys that, that hate, that's, uh, uh, they love facts more than I do. Uh, those are the well-actually guys. Well, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, they, they like facts more than I do, and I'm not, <laughs> sure. and, and so it's good that we have them because right. somebody's got to know the truth, um, but right. he... Uh, I think that he, from what I can tell, embodies a lot of what it means to be a minivan centurion in terms of trying to hold the middle, trying to, I mean, I've, I've watched uh, footage of him, you know, reaching out and saying, hey, why don't we talk about this instead of, you know, do, you know, acting the way you're acting, but, you know, if, if fighting's the way you want to go, then fighting's the way we'll go. But I think he has really embodied what I think it means to be a virtuous leader and to, to act like a minivan centurion. He certainly stood up for the uh, existential continuity of Ukraine. Right. And he certainly encouraged his fellow citizens to do likewise. Uh, and he has certainly refused to surrender Ukraine's yeah. sovereignty, uh, sovereignty uh, to the predatory aspirations of Vladimir Putin, and at least not cheaply. Right. At least not cheaply. Fair. Fair. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think he intends to go down s- to the end, swinging. I don't know. We'll see. I mean— I uh, I've been watching that closely. Yeah. Several, 
aspects of the uh, Russian invasion, completely illegal invasion of Ukraine that are fascinating to me. One of which is it's a pretty good reminder to the Western world that nothing ever changes under the sun. Why do you say that? Well, I think there's this Western belief, you know, because these are not Westerners. Oh, no. The yeah. Russians and the... Generations right. upon generations yeah. upon generations. Yeah. yeah. D- different. I think there's this fashionable Western belief in Europe and America. America sure shares, obviously, uh, that the era of the of the dictator of the hegemon, right? Aren't we kind of past all that? Well, it's over. Yeah. Right? We, we did away with that. When... Putin was saber-rattling in the past, and China is currently and has been saber-rattling for a long time. There's this belief in the West that, ah, you know, they're just trying to air a grievance or, you know, they they can be negotiated with. Why would they ever want to engage in a war and subject their population to that? They'll never do it. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Yeah, wrong answer. They they, will. They are made of different stuff. Uh, Because nothing changes under the sun. Yeah. Uh, if you read about it, when Hitler was doing was was likewise uh, <clears throat> agitating, yeah. threatening uh, to invade Czechoslovakia if the Western powers did not collude and cede the Sudetenland, mm-hmm. a section of Czechoslovakia, to him, and they did, you know, in the Peace of Munich, the, the Chamberlain, right. Britain's, and it worked. Time <laughs> came back and said, "I achieved peace in our time," and it lasted a couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, I mean, what he did, he did was the same thing: is to yeah. invent a grievance. In the case of Hitler, it was that the uh, ethnic Germans who were living in the Sudetenland region of Czechoslovakia were being mistreated by the Czechoslovakian government, which was just completely right. fabricated, right. and that he had no interest in taking over Czechoslovakia or anywhere else that he just he was his interest was was simply to secure the interest of those ethnic Germans and if if uh, the western powers would cede that area yeah then all would be well that all be well and his his aspirations would end there they go no farther than there uh, of course that happened to be the area of Czechoslovakia where all the defenses of Czechoslovakia were closest to the German border right. gosh no really shocking defensible ground and once uh, Hitler had those, in short order, he went ahead and invaded and right. took the rest of Czechoslovakia uh, because that's what he was always going to do. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you know, he never intended otherwise. And because the West at that point, and at that point, you know, this is 1939, 38, rather, mm-hmm. 39, mm-hmm. Uh, America is very isolated, uh, not really taking part in... Uh, in those affairs. Uh, so the, the peace negotiations were being conducted by Chamberlain on behalf of Great Britain and the French premier at the time who was very weak. And of course, Stalin was watching that. Yeah. And uh, he was watching that. And uh, when he saw the West just completely cave in, he then negotiated a peace treaty with Hitler that allowed Hitler to invade Poland. So that's of course what happens. Uh, now I say all that because I think it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder to those in the West who may have forgotten that. Yeah. And it's a good bit of instruction for those in the West who never knew it. Because right. yeah, I, I'm not going to assume that everyone knows who Neville Chamberlain is. Sure. And, uh, right, how, yeah, who right. studied this extensively. And, yeah. and you know, that Hitler had no rights under the, the Versailles Treaty after the, after World War One. Germany had no rights to have an army, mm-hmm. had no rights to have any military capability whatsoever, could not ha- uh, occupy the Rhineland area of Germany. That's where the industrial uh, might of Germany was. Mm-hmm. Had to pay vo- a lot of money to France and the other allied powers from the First World War. Uh, anyway, he, as early as 1937, started breaking those rules. Occupied the Rhineland, France, France didn't do anything. Uh, then he conducted what was called the Anschluss, which was to combine Germany and, and Austria. Uh-huh. Uh, did it without a shot fired, but basically just bullied the Austrian mm-hmm. government into it. Then um, got through the Peace of Munich, uh, negotiated the ceding, uh, the secession of the Sudetenland of, of Germany, mm-hmm. and then did invade the rest of Czechoslovakia. And it, we just let that happen. And it wasn't until the invasion of Poland that finally... They were like, Wait a minute. Finally. This guy means to take over the whole thing. And, But at that time, if you read, uh, people thought what they thought now. 
Like, wh- why would you know World War One? Uh. World War One is horrific. It's another war that Americans, unfortunately, because we're just so focused on on today, is something we don't really understand the depth of the horrors of that. And I was, I, think I was tweeting about this the other day, and the point I was making was that um, there was a huge gap in fatherhood, manhood, mm-hmm. in countries like Germany and France, because people are dead in Russia. Right, yeah, because they I all mean, went they to lost war. And, incredible yeah. numbers. Of, right. right? And, and Hitler in Germany took advantage of the absence of men, because without fathers, children raised without fathers are far more likely to succumb to authoritarianism. Well, and we see it now when, you know, we, the, the statistics of, of, you know, kids that join gangs sure, right, or right. any number of other things right. like that. You know? Because they're, they're anxious, they've never had the care of a loving father. They need somebody they, in they their turn life to, somebody. to play that right. role. That's right. And they have a perverted, and by perverted I don't mean sexually, I just mean inside out. Yeah. They have a perverted view of masculinity and security and protection and someone who promises to keep them safe if they'll just trade their freedom freedom for it uh, and, their, and their own free will will, do, will often do so if they were not raised by a loving father. That's, that's my theory. And that's anecdotal. Well, so. I would say... And again, so here come the engineers, right? Yeah. But uh, but I would say that there is evidence to bear that out, and, well, not, that, and not just anecdotal evidence, but scientific right. evidence. I don't know. I've and never social s- scientific evidence. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I I tend to come up with a theory and then see if somebody can point to something that proves it or not. Because <laughs> I'm not much of a researcher. <laughs> what's gonna What's right. gonna validate my no? Right. But uh, uh, but I mean I, you know, this definitely happened in Germany. Right. Because you Adolf Hitler in the in the late 20s and early 30s, managed to convince a tremendous number of Germans to engage in a conspira- a death conspiracy at the expense of first the Jews who lived in the country, who were citizens, many of whom had fought in World War I, and then uh, against their neighbors. Yeah. And convinced them that he was right about that. I believe that he preyed upon the absence of fathers because so many men were killed in Germany in World War I. And the same to be said from Russia, from the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. Preyed on the same thing, and they just they just did it through communism. Communism, fascism, are just two sides of the same ugly coin. Yeah, it didn't happen in Great Britain, although they had suffered tremendous losses in World War One. But this, the the Communist Party and the fascists and the Nazi not the Nazis but the fascists mm-hmm. also tried to uh, ingrain themselves into into the British government and British culture uh, at that period of time, but failed to do so to the extent that it happened in, in Germany and the Soviet Union, I believe because not the, the fathers weren't there, perhaps, there was less fathers, but they had a long tradition of, of, of liberty and freedom and democracy yeah, gonna, yeah. in England that you don't have in Germany and you don't have in, so, in, right. in Russia. Right. So it didn't work there, uh, you know, and they're preying on dire economic times, you know, this is depression, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and it we'll did, provide everything. That's right. It's going to be okay. It didn't happen in America because we shared the, the traditions right. with Britain, but also because we have fathers. Right, and you know, and 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 the idea of central. Well, we didn't get wiped out. No, in the same in the same way. No, we yeah. lost nowhere near it. Yeah. On a percentage basis, it's not even close. Yeah. and we were only in the war for a year, and what fought on our ground. Right, so we had no civilian casualties. So, oh, you know, in America, yeah. in the Depression, you know, there was a Communist Party, and there was also fascism, but it never went anywhere because Americans are like, no, we're freedom lovers. Yeah, we don't do that here. Right, and we weren't afraid because we'd been raised by by fathers. That's you know, of course, my theory. And a guy would start an organization like F three would probably believe something like that. One would think, right? One would think. And you could say it's, you know, confirmation bias for everyone. You can say whatever you want about it. Right. But please out there, the scores of you, please provide me data and and, uh, scientific uh, whatever to back that up. But it's it's interesting, too. When you were saying earlier about, um, uh, you know, we're facing this enemy that we don't don't really understand because we think, oh, you know, we're past all that. Just, uh, just, Just as... The 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 Brit the British and the French wanted to believe that true, to be true about uh, Hitler in 1937. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to believe it to be true. There's this movie, and I don't know if you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, I, I would butcher's word it to you. Uh, it's a Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, it's called Unthinkable. Have you heard of that one? I've never heard. Of it. I'm not sure if it's a, one of these like Amazon originals or something. I think you're thinking you of know. Unbreakable. Uh, except that I'm not. Okay. Um, but I appreciate was, what you're saying. He was in that, he was in that too. Yeah. Yes, but this is different. Um, in in this one, he is actually it's like uh, high level. He's like a uh, he was like a special uh, interrogator yeah. for the military, uh, CIA maybe. I can't yeah. remember. Okay. Yeah. And um, and and it kind of goes through this this whole thing of it's like, you know, they caught these guys that are terrorists, 
and they want to question him, but the guy knows, you know, that the, that the Americans are only going to go so far. Sure, right. They're only going to treat him so badly. We have governing principles. Yeah. Yeah. And but then they bring in Samuel L. Jackson because he'll do the unthinkable. He'll do the unthinkable. Right. And it was interesting. It's a it's a really interesting kind of character study to watch because eventually Samuel L. Jackson is so unthinkable that the guys who hired him call him off. Yeah, it's too much for them. Yeah, right? can't, they're like, you can't do that. And he's like, right. you don't understand. You know, this is how this works. This is the way that a man who is in this terrorist position, right. this is this is the way he thinks. This is what he believes. And they just couldn't, they could not get their heads around it and ultimately it doesn't go well, right? right? right. It's super, I, I thought it was a super entertaining movie. But it, it's that kind of thing where we see this in, on our soil too, right? Uh, in some ways, not in not in horrible death kinds of ways, but this is this is why we I think we are calling out for men to hold the middle, right? Is because we're looking and saying, there, there's you got to understand there's people who think so differently, right, from you, and they're not going to change their minds, and they're no different from the way uh, tyrants have thought forever. That's the part right. that 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 which is why in the minivan centurion we use ancient examples, right. you know, the word right. centurion itself, right? right? We use those examples uh, of a of a republic, first republic, then an empire, the Roman Republic Empire, that was able to conquer and hold territory against people that did not think like them. Right. And they were able to do it, and they were able to hold the middle, and they did it on the backs of the, of the centurions. And once the centurions ceased to be there... They were overrun. They were overrun. Yeah. You know, that's when the... Uh, the Vandals and the Visigoths were, were able to overrun them. So, yeah, I mean, I this is, I hope it is, I hate that it's happening. Yeah. But I hope it's a, it's demonstrative. I don't think wake-up call because nobody's asleep. It's not that. It's, it's, it's a reminder to those who knew and forgot. Sure. And it's instructive to those who never knew that tyrants. Mm-hmm. In whatever form. In whatever form. Bent on preying upon their neighbors for whatever reason. Right. Still stalk the earth and will continue to do so unless turned back by someone willing to do the unthinkable. I mean, it's still the case. It's a fact. It's still the case. And just as the Soviet Union sat back and watched uh, at the beginning of World War II and decided to, instead of being on the side of the West— decided to throw its lot in with Hitler, which is kind of funny since one was communist and the other was fascist, right. but supposedly on the opposite end. But if it is the coin. That's right. <laughs> uh, because he's like, oh, well, this guy's willing to do the unthinkable, and the West is not. He's zebra jockey. Right. That's right. It's actually, <laughs> For you evil, know, but yeah. Uh, that was, um, I forget what that thing was called, the Ribbentrop, Molotov, whatever it was called. Oh, I don't know. But that that pact was not, was probably fairly reasonable calculated reasonably well calculated on the part of Stalin, if you think about it. He's like, how is this going to... I now have Hitler, who's all the way into Czechoslovakia. He's gotten Czechoslovakia. Yeah. He's leaning on onto Poland. What should I do? Well, he gets through Poland. I need something to buffer him, and I don't think the West is going to save me. Right. I, I don't think they are. I better make a deal here. I, I better make a deal. Yeah. And uh, so that's that, that, that mindset is still amongst us. And, the, the, and I was, the comparison I was going to make is that Chinese are doing that right now. Yeah. And they're just waiting and watching, and they're like, well, you know, we've been waiting for 50, 60, 70, actually 80 years to take Taiwan, and I think they're quite likely to give it a shot. If, if something doesn't change. Right. And uh, So you, you think maybe they're, they're watching what Putin's doing and saying, let's see how this plays out. Yeah, well, what is, it, what is the West going to do? Which is not willing to do the unthinkable. Right. What is the West going to do? You know, it's like you can scream and you can cry and you can jump up and down and you can tweet out memes – <laughs> and, and wear, drape yourself with Ukrainian scarves and all sorts, all that, yeah. you know. Put a sign in your yard. Symbolic stuff. Put a, you know, yard, yeah, exactly. Yard sign utopianism. Uh, you can do all those things. But, you know, once once Putin is in Ukraine, is in Kiev and has seized the capital and the Ukrainian army no longer has the will, has the uh, willingness or, or ability to, to fight, defend itself anymore. Yeah. Now what? Now what? Now what are you going to do? Uh are you gonna? Are you going to compromise with it? Are you going to recognize it as a, a fait accompli and just deal with it? Do we have any evidence of that? Well, it happened four months ago in Afghanistan, when right. yeah, when 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 the Taliban retook the country. Right. These people we fought 
a war with for 20 years who said, you know, we can't even talk to these guys. He's murderous sons of bitches. We're going to put him in a put him in Guantanamo and have Samuel Jackson's the world come in and get information right. about it. <laughs> but now they when they had and they said they wouldn't do it and they turned around and did it. And did it. And what did we do? Oh, well, we got to find a way to get along with them. You know, they're in the UN. Of course we did that. That's yeah. what that's what That's where we are. That's where we are. Yeah. And so that that will not change unless and until something else interceding. And maybe you're right. Maybe uh, which I think was you getting. I'm not sure you quite said this, but maybe Zelensky leading a stand. It is actually. That's why I'm. I yes, exactly. That's exactly where I was going with it because that's why I want to nominate uh, <laughs> Zelensky to be to be the patron saint, right? Because I think he's a guy who's looking just like just like when when you looked at the three lines uh, on the ultrasound, you thought you were having boys, and here we are having girls. Yep. And the the journey becomes compromised right out of the gate. You know, because you're like, wait a minute, this isn't how I dreamt it would be. Didn't think this is what I was going to be doing. Yeah, so now I'm going to have to take on. I don't think Zelensky sat and thought, you know, one of these days, Russia's going to just walk over the border. Like, I don't think that was on his radar necessarily. Well, I don't been, know. But- I mean, if you're in the Ukraine or Ukraine, that's, you know, that's a distinct possibility. I don't think he, I think probably most Ukrainians hoped. Fair. Yeah. Fair. I don't, my point is they weren't sitting around making preparations for a war. Not sufficiently. Fair, right? It was kind of like, a, eh, this could happen, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it was a vague thing off in the distance, right? I don't think they prepared for when it was right. coming across. But, so, which is a compromise thing. I mean, that's sure. just how it goes, right? So, you Plus, know. it's a fairly corrupt country of its own right. Ukraine? Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. But, so maybe he isn't the, the best one to, no, to stand no, up. No, no, I am in no way disagreeing or criticizing with yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Um, Actually, my comment about corruption is actually more supportive of your theory than not, because ah. it's it's one thing if you are the president of the United States in times of fat happiness and you, Canada sure. invades us unexpectedly. <laughs> you know, hey, do you mind if we come in? Eh? That, that, right. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you're the president of a stable democracy that right. has, you know, our military budget is more than the rest of the world's military budget combined. Oh, yeah. So... You know, you are the, we probably are the, by a factor. We are, or something. The, we are the most vital and um, and and powerful military force the world has ever seen by a factor of yeah. I'm, there is no factor. Yeah, I'm sure it's ridiculous, right? right? right. It's right. Hardly we're talking. That's about. right. Yeah. Uh, this is like from the gosh, it's in the '70s and Saturday Night Live, the old, really the original uh-huh. Saturday Night Live when I was a kid watching. But I remember it, and it had this stupid bit. It would be, and it was like they would. It was a historical mashup. So they would say, "What if?" Napoleon Bonaparte had a B-52 bomber available to him in, at Waterloo. <laughs> at Waterloo. Right? Right. So you take this battle where a guy yeah. lost. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, it's funny because there used to be these historical shows. They probably still are. What if, you yeah. know, instead of, right, this had happened, right? right. So like, it's like it's instructive to talk about it. But this took it to the point of ridiculousness, right? What if Napoleon Bonaparte? Yeah. And I remember, yeah. you know, the whole skit, the whole thing was he's on the plane itself and, you know, he's got his hand with all uh-huh. the Napoleon stuff and he's like, well, there's the British, what are we going to do? And he's like, well, well, you know, and there's like an American pilot is, yeah. we're going to go ahead and just kind of come in here. We're going to drop these, uh, we're going we're gonna to bring some some uh, white phosphorus, burn them up here. And it's like, he just, <laughs> just mows everybody down. <laughs> you know, in the moment, right. in that moment, right. you know, in 1804, right. I'm not sure exactly when we're Whatever. I'm in the right yeah. range. Were you even flying yet? What? 1804? No. No no, planes? No planes. Yeah, nothing. But at that moment, Great Britain was the most powerful military force in the world. Yeah. Had a, the the biggest navy, you know. By far. uh, By far. France had had, the French Empire had had the biggest army, but it had been largely destroyed in in the Battle of Russia, Mm -hmm. which is why Napoleon found himself where he was. He had been. Right. The French Revolution, right? right? He had been been captured and he had been exiled uh, to Elbe. Island of Elbe, uh, and escaped, mm-hmm. and now he was at Waterloo, and he reconstituted the his 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 armies got his marshals out there, and they got smoked uh, by the, the the vastly superior at that in that moment British army. But that vastly superior British army wouldn't have would not have stood up for ten seconds and right. just a B fifty two bomb, right? And then you could you don't have to even make it that fanciful. You could say, what if Ho Chi Minh had you know, a some fifty cal machine had a stealth. Had a no, right. 
yeah. uh, you know, in, in uh, at at Dame Bien Phu or something like that. I mean, you could there like right. it, it, any number of ways to slice that. It one. doesn't. It the difference in armament technology and the results of the same between World War One and World War Two were drastic. Right. It's twenty years. Crazy. And yeah, it's twenty years and uh, just uh, aircraft alone. Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah, we were flying by right. that time. Yeah. World War One, they're still flying. You know, they, I think they barely had gotten to the point where they could fire a machine gun that would was timed so it wouldn't hit the propeller. I mean, it, it was. <laughs> no, I'm serious. World no, War One. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just just no. Yeah. There's no comparison. I, I believe they were like throwing bombs at you know the, the plane. You know, the, the really mainly reconnaissance. Uh huh. Mainly reconnaissance. Yeah, they, yeah, they weren't. Right. They, it it was, makes sense. So yeah, you, that they you weren't. You know, by World War Two, you got aircraft. You got aircraft carriers. Yeah, it's crazy. Think about that. Crazy. Yeah, that's, that's way too right. fast. Yeah, right? way too fast. So. Yeah, I mean, it, so you know, you throw those things together, and uh, th- that's where it becomes, it be, you know, it becomes completely ridiculous. So, get, peeling all the way back from this Mike Leach-like digre- digression, yes. the point of it being, if you're Zelensky, you don't have, you're not the American president. You have right. a, I think he's got like about a hundred jet fighters, and okay. the Russians have a thousand. Yeah, just by way to illustrate the the, the gap there. I mean, it, they don't have the armament. They don't have the right. men. They don't not have the materials. Close. Right. And he's the president of a a developing nation. It's not it's not a first world nation. Right. 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 And so to expect him to have and he's a and his job was comedian. It was a comedian before this. Are you serious? Yeah. He was also on a um Oh that's right. I did read I want to say he's that. a comedian yeah, he, and uh he was an actor. An actor, yeah. comedian, he was on maybe some some He's the Ronald Reagan of I want to say he was like <laughs> No, he was not even the Ronald Reagan. He, he wasn't was, even that famous. Like he was, yeah, he <laughs> right, was like yeah. on a, a, a reality B-movie. show. Reality okay, show. Okay, okay. So to, to Joe Rogan. No, to, I'm just kidding. To, yeah. to think that he would summon, be able to summon the leadership abilities that he's had and do the job he's done to this moment is is completely unexpected unless you believe in the three dots. And that, Yes. Unless you believe in the three dots. And the three dots are the thing you would see in the in the ultrasound if it was a boy. Right. And you use, have used those to point up kind of the three, uh, I strength, guess for lack of a better team, strength, commitment, pillars. Courage. Yeah, right. So those are what the three dots, and you know, you're looking at the ultrasound. It's basically the tip of the penis and the two testicles, right? right? So those three dots are those things that we that that we contend uh, make up in masculinity the world, in the world of the minivan centurion yeah. comprise masculinity. What God bestowed upon us for our purpose uh, to love and protect our family, be an asset to the community, and fight to hold the middle. Strength, courage, and commitment. That's, yeah. that's that's what we have. Not to say that women aren't strong. No, no, no. Not to say they aren't courageous. No. Right? And not to say they aren't capable of commitment. Left but, arm, right arm, right? I mean, yeah, but yeah, that's, but, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But for man, that is what defines a man. Right. Right. That is that is what defines us. Uh, and we're, we are charged, I believe, by the Creator uh, with using those that gift for those three things we just said, to, to, to yeah. satisfy the Creator. That's yeah. right. And... Despite the fact that he's a comedian, despite the fact that he apparently has had no military training whatsoever, despite the fact that his c- country is fairly corrupt, despite the fact that they are vastly outnumbered, outmatched, and, and have insufficient material to fight this battle, he has used his three dots to step into that breach and to encourage them to keep on fighting. It's, and that's what's amazing. Yeah, it's right? fantastic to watch. So, to yeah, to see him raise his hand... And I didn't even know all that stuff. I mean, you're talking about. So you're right. It is kind of, in a way, even more awe-inspiring, right? Right. right. Which also makes sense that uh, if he was a great military mind, maybe he wouldn't uh, have been like. Maybe he would have been like, I don't know if we should hand out guns to the entire populace, you know. <laughs> but since he's not, he said, you know, he's, he's looking to go. He hey. said, number one, women, women to Poland. He yeah. said, every man between sixteen and sixty, you're yeah. staying. Grab one. And he said, if you've got any military training whatsoever, post. Yeah. And I, right? I love watching these clips of. These Ukrainian guys are all smoking. It's funny. It's like, right. guys are all, they're all, yeah. But these, I just, I was just watching one just, right before I came in here, yeah. and it was a firefight. And every single Ukrainian guy, they've got RPG missiles, they're shooting at tanks. Yeah. And every single one has got a cigarette. Cigarette hanging out. I saw one where a guy was clearing an anti tank. I was mine, just going to say, and he's walking across he's this like road. This old guy, and he's got a cigarette in his mouth. He's cigarette. holding he's the mine. <laughs> you know, and I know I recognize the type of mine that he has, and uh-huh. I know that it's triggered. It's got like uh, it a- these two prongs that are on top of it. Okay. So that's a, that's not an anti personnel mine; it's an anti tank mine. Okay. So it, you know you drive so you drive over it, it hits these prongs, and then it, is so he I, reasonably safe carrying that thing? Well, here's the thing: many of those things not only are activated by the the pressure prongs, but you can also arm them if they're jarred. Oh, jeez. 
So yeah. that was a... Yeah, this guy looks to be probably... I mean, he's got to be 65, 70 you know, years old, right? And big, he's just... Big balls on Sergey, <laughs> or whatever his name is. I mean, that's incredible. But the whole way, he's got a cigarette in his mouth. Right. And I don't know where he's taking it. He's like taking it so people don't drive over it. Right. But I'm like... Phew. Good on you, man. Yeah, it's like he's releasing a turtle back to the wild. Like he's carrying this, you know, it's like, oh, I'll stick it over it's here. It's exactly what he looks yeah. like. He's so calm, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, these guys are willing to fight to hold the middle. And, you know, I mean, Amer- from the American viewpoint, we don't think in terms of, of Ukrainian patriotism, but they're just right. as patriotic as we are. Good heavens. Right. And I'll, I'll contend in some pockets, uh, maybe more so. Well, it's funny how exigent circumstances will make you a, a patriot. Like, you know, here in America, we have the great benefit of being able to be lazily uh, disparaging of the security provided by the strength of our nation, you know, and we can criticize our nation and, you know, like kneel at the flag and and sneer at people that, you know, uh, sneer at the centurions. Right. Right. So we have, we, we have that. I don't think they have that luxury in in Ukraine. No, no, I imagine they don't. You know, what they have is a, a message that went out from the comedian, which says 16 to 60, step up. We yeah. need every swing and dick in the field. Right. Every swing and dick. Every single one, yeah. And I, you know, <clears throat> since we're going down this route anyway, I'm thinking that if the dude showed up and said, I'm actually a chick, so I'm going to go to Poland, they say, uh-uh. Not, no. Nope. Yeah, sorry. Every swing and dick. Yeah, sorry, buddy. If it's swinging, you, you're coming over here. You're coming here. over here. Yeah. yeah. You know, wealth and uh, ease That's of life. That's what I was just going to, yeah. I was going to say. Wealth and ease of life, they don't clarify the mind. They don't serve us well at all. Nope. Well, no. In short I, periods I'm, of time, they do. Like so, to provide a secure, a blanket of security for your family and your community. But that's to, to an individual. To, yeah. To to allow for it to be to to be wealthy and and um, well fed, whatever. You know, that's those are <clears throat> aspirations that are fine. The problem is for the centurion, if we all idolize that, right? Idolize our per- personal comfort over our freedom, if we idolize that, yeah. then we become people that just sneer at the things that a man has to do. Well, and we beat each other over the head for you know saying that you're killing grandma you know, right. and whatever, right? And I'm not, danger aside, I'm saying that's not how you handle something like right. that, right? right. And, and that's, so you bring up a good point. I, I'm glad that you went there because that's kind of where I was headed was to, to say, you know, the, the, the difference, one of the differences, maybe many differences, but one of the differences being Ukraine doesn't live anywhere near at the level of, of comfort and ease and prosperity. And I mean, and that's one of the concerns that I have is in the absence of, and there's, you know, the, the, a book that, that, uh, that, a uh, 43 with, with Michael Easter, you know, the comfort crisis. Yeah. I listened yeah. to it. Yeah. I mean, in the absence of a true threat, right. We are just inventing all kinds of stuff to believe that we're threatened by. Funny. It goes to show you, it's a great point. You just made in their darkness is, Maybe in the human body there, or the, the human mind or psyche, there's got to be some challenge, right? Yeah. Some something to be challenged by, something to to need to feel the to to fight for or about, to, yeah. right? Unfortunately, in a culture where le- male leadership has become so dormant, like ours, that fight is channeled into idiocies. Well, and, and we would Small rather... Small bore... Yes. Micro Micro problems. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be ever accused of a microaggression. <laughs> I want to be accused of macroaggressions. Yes. Full on. <laughs> Bone-breaking aggression. Right, like, right. that's great. Right. right. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. I was talking to a guy this morning having coffee. We were talking about... He's running for public office. We, were talking, ah. we ended up talking about the First Amendment and, uh, you know, freedom of speech and all this stuff. And I yeah. said, we're... He's like, well, there's got to be... S- he said the oft-repeated but legally incorrect statement, well, you know, of course you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Of course that's not law. Right. That, 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 is, that is at most dicta, but it's not law. Uh, you can yell fire in a crowded theater. If nothing happens, then... If nothing happens. If yeah. uh, people panic and uh, they're harmed in the panic, then that's also not criminal. Mm-hmm. However, what you can't do is encourage people to engage in acts of violence and then do. If you were the proximate cause of that. Because I would say then you are the right. recipient of betting, right? Yeah, right. Recipient violence. No, you're, well, you're, the, you're the primary mover. Oh, okay, okay. So like if you are... If, if, you, I, if I come to you and say, Trent, I, and I convince you somehow to be like, hey, you're going to go and beat the crap out of so-and-so. Sure. But you can see how rare that would be. Sure. 
rare. Yeah. That it would, it would be right. That yeah. would be. And That's he, like, yeah. So uh, my friend says, well, what about, do you mean there's no consequences for things? Maybe you say whatever they want. I'm like, sure there are. There's civil consequences. Right. So if someone says something, uh, engages in speech, and it's not true because truth is a defense to def- defamation, they say something defames your, your character, mm-hmm. you have a civil cause of action against them. I said, but the damages are not how it made you feel inside. The damages are to what it's done to your reputation. That's the thing. Right, and is if you it, can quantify that's that right. somehow. Yeah. yeah, well, and it's actually easy to quantify, at least in the state of North Carolina, because it's the sole time where a judge will tell the jury to go ahead and speculate. <laughs> and okay. Any, any other time, what he'll tell them is a, is a extrapolation of the following. Uh, you do not have to find the plaintiff's juries, but the plaintiff does not have to prove to you his damages by mathematical certainty, but he cannot engage in speculation. That's that. So you have to reasonably show yeah what the, yeah be reasonably persuasive you know it yeah. doesn't have to be perfect but reasonably persuasive right so you know frank crashed into my uh into my hyundai and uh it cost me forty seven hundred dollars to fix here's the bill i paid it forty seven hundred bucks pretty clear isn't it really forty seven hundred twenty seven maybe it doesn't really matter yeah we're, that's we're, not what, yeah. it's not mathematical certainty right yeah now uh with respect to def, def, damages arising from def, defamation slander mm-hmm. or libel that the, the instruction literally said the judge reads the jury literally says that you can speculate. Hmm. I mean, you can almost there's really, yeah. really no it's limitation to it, right? It's a guess. Yeah. Like how how if I uh, if I were to to go about your friends and neighbors mm-hmm. and uh, the members of your stake and convince them that you've been you know hoffing down hot drink. <laughs> <laughs> Which would severely damage right. my reputation yeah. as a non-hot like, drinker. Do you mean ho- cocoa? I mean, no, no coffee. No, no. I mean, I mean the the big one. I mean coffee. Yeah. Uh, <gasps> Columbia, Columbia yeah. bean. Oh, That's right. Maybe, maybe Juan de- Valdez. Maybe, maybe decaf. Nope. No. Nope. No. I know. Nope. Yeah. Hot drink. Proven. Hot, hot drink. True hot and, drink. And uh, of course, that'd be defamatory. It'd be uh, slander. Unless it was true. Well, if truth is defense. Okay. Still be defamatory, but truth fair. Is okay, fair. So you say, well, Dred's going around telling my neighbors, uh, members of my stake, that yeah. I've been hooking back some hot drink, <laughs> and he's damaged my reputation. And I, he's got a Folgers right, problem. Then I come up with a picture of you sitting there, you know, yeah, just pounding down some big some Maxwell House, fistful of uh, your millennial, <laughs> gooey millennial hand wrapped <laughs> around a Starbucks cup, and it's got the pretty design yeah, on top. It's like, and well, it's yeah. oh, true. Oh, wow, oh, look at that. Right. So, but you know, how the heck could you? quantify with any reasonable certainty your the damage to your reputation as an FCAM. Right, yeah. I mean, how, you know, how are you going to do that? It's coming, well, uh, you're going to bring in, you know, um, Nelson and have him say, right. you know, right. as far as I'm concerned, uh, Frank is now 47% less a, a good Mormon. <laughs> That's right. And that means that, you know, he can't do this and can't do this right. and can't do this. Right. And, and so now this is how right. it's damaged so this, him. So this is, this is the distinction. It was like yeah. people, Americans struggle with this. Like it shouldn't be that you could say whatever you want. You cannot say whatever you whatever you want without consequence. Right. But those consequences are civil. Yeah. And they're monetary, and they're attached not to how they made you feel. They're attached to the damage done to your reputation. That's why one of the things you have to prove if you're the plaintiff is that the defamatory statement was published to another. So if I walk up to you and I say, "Darkness, yeah. you're a hot hot drink." Uh, and Biber, but I never tell anyone else that's not published. The publication right. has to be to a third person. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how you feel about being told well, I guess that you're a hot would, drinker. Yeah, they would consider then things like uh, how many people did you tell and you know, well, yeah. what kinds I mean, of people. Sure. Are, yeah, well, can, each yeah. publication is a separate count. But so th- there are consequences. Uh-huh. Uh, they're monetary, but they're based on da- actual damage to your reputation. Now we've you know, descended into these petty squabbles about things you might say that hurt me. Just right. having, having, having had to hurt, ha- having had to hear them. You know, think of these things it, we told well, our kids. Words are violence. Kid, told our kid, told our <laughs> kids for thousands of years. Like, well, w- if little Johnny jumped off the roof, would you? Right. 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 Or you know, running with scissors. Yeah. You know, you're gonna lo- lose an eye doing that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's funny until somebody loses an eye. Right. Right. These things that pe- you know, cavemen said them to their kids. Right. 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 Here's no a cave- run with sharp rock. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No run with sharp rock. Here. Here's one. Sticks and stones may break my bones. Words never. Words never hurt me. Right. I mean, it's basic. No, it's Ch- child yeah, rhyme, right? But, but but yeah. So in a society that faces no existential threat, yes, right, that has no real danger. There's no wolf that we can see. We invent a wolf, but instead of it being a wolf that'll tear your throat out, 
it's a wolf that'll lick you to death. I mean, and it's the dumb, <laughs> it's, it's the it's the dumbest yeah it's the dumbest yeah. timeline that we're in right now. That, I mean, that's how I feel about it because you know, and that's why uh, a few years ago when I wrote the Q source, I decided to call it goo. Yeah, because I because I couldn't form in my mind what it was I thought we were fighting, and the idea actually came to me from watching um, Ghostbusters. You uh-huh. know, on the giant yeah, when you stay, get slimed. The, no, no. The, oh, the stay puffed. The stay puffed. After they blow them up. Right. It was actually dangerous. Yeah. Right. Well, you, but it's like punching something that's so soft but could kill you. Right. It just takes it like just glomming all over you. Right. You know, that's how I feel about goo. The philosophy of universal happiness. It doesn't have any sharp edges. No, 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 no. And it, it sounds sort of and, it, it, and it, when it attacks you, it does so as a purported victim. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's just so you, weird. You walked in. It's like quicksand. Right. You walked into me. That's right. It's, a, it's aggressive victimhood. Yeah. You know, and and this idea that everyone's going to be universally happy is gutopia. Yeah. And to enforce gutopia, you've got to <clears throat> you've got to force people to say and not say certain right. things, One and then ultimately force them to think and not think certain things. And and uh, enforce that by whatever means necessary. Right. Yeah. I'll tell you. And this is the idea of being the centurion because you got to be a liberal, capital L, no adjectives. Right. Which means you stand for governing principles that arise from the Declaration of Independence. You know, that second mm-hmm. radical notion. You got to stand for those regardless of what was said. And there's some speech or forms of speech that, that constitute protected speech, which, quite frankly, I don't like at all. I do not like to see a man burn the American flag. I do not like it. I do not like to see a man kneel at the American flag. Sure. I do not like it. Sure. I do not like it. But if the government tried to impinge upon that speech in any way other than time, place, and manner, I would defend that. I would defend it. Yeah, you'd have to, because because then otherwise you'd commit the, 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 the sin of first they came. That's right. That's all, well, I, I am not a minivan centurion. I'm not trying to fight and hold the middle. I'm trying to use the government to do... To, right, to, to, meet, do, to meet mine. Yeah, agenda. there's no difference Right. in my mind. Yeah. And, you know, somebody might say, no, the difference is in what's being said. Not at all, man. No, not, yeah. Right? It's not. Not it's at not. all. So uh, those battles that we fight here in America to hold the middle are much more nuanced and crazily annoying as far as I'm concerned (laughs) than it would be simply to build, you know, go out to the defensive perimeter, uh, you know, by the airport uh, because the Canadians are coming to try to take Charlotte. I mean, to, to me, that would be a much clearer and easier battle to fight. Sure. You know, and probably more satisfying in the short and right. the long run. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But that's not the battle we have. No. You know, the battle we have is the one that's in front of us. Right. You know, and the one that's in front of us as many Venturians is a day to day constant battle with creeping gooism. In 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 some ways, it would be almost easier to rally if it was a more visible sure. Right. right, like people would people would voluntarily. I mean, we're we're seeing it now. Well, in, like, in the Ukraine, look down the road. There's Russian tanks. Co- you know, right. There's, we can get behind that. You know, if one of the seven Canadian tanks was coming down I-77 right now, four and a half. But right. yeah, I mean, you the know, other two aren't right. And we'd yeah. go out and uh, you know, and you know, in camp, you know, Camp Green or Camp North Lake, what is it called? Camp Northbound, whatever. North End. Are. Cap North End. Yeah. And uh, and face those tanks and dig in some defensive positions. And we're like, we need some people with military experience. Well. Well, we need some people know how to do this. We'd go running up there. Yeah, yeah we do that, and, right? And your politics wouldn't matter necessarily nope. at that point. Put it all aside. Yeah. Put it all aside. Because we'd have a visible thing that we'd we're... We'd be like those Ukrainians, except sounds the cigarettes, because long ago, you know... That's we, right. We, we, we got We learned that. that secondhand smoke was the most horrible sin you could ever commit. <laughs> I, I swear, a time traveler, an American time traveler, who... who uh, right. died on victory yeah. in Europe, uh, VE Day, right? Uh-huh, June, uh-huh. whatever it was, 1945, who, who just like... America, you know, we won the war. Boom, dies, and he reappears in 2022 uh-huh. and listens to the, and looks around. It, and he'd be whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. "How did I make it to this timeline? This is the stupidest timeline." Yeah. Was this like a different, uh, right. you know, one of these alternate the, universe things? Yeah, this, like, what happened here? This is the dumbest timeline. Whoa, what was that? It was a Tesla. Wow, <laughs> you've got to be kidding right. me! Right, Joe. Right. You know, oh, what is that? It's people wearing masks for no reason. Oh, I don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dumbest timeline. Uh, you've seen that movie, right? Idiocracy. And, I have yeah. seen Idiocracy. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm I mean, overly <laughs> in, influenced by it, but you know, uh, it's it's not. I don't, idiocracy poses the question of what happens if we just get progressively dumber for a thousand years. Right. That's one thing. I don't know if people will get progressively dumber. Like I, I, but I, I think the thing swings in a pendulum, right? Right. And at, over time, we cease to first we cease to have anything important to think about. 
then we cease to care about anything else and we just kind of fall asleep. Do you remember what in the idios- idiocracy they had couches that had toilets in them? So they didn't have to get up on the watch yeah, TV? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember right. yes. I- <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. They come busted through the you wall. You could literally and get anything yeah. in, in Costco, including a hand job. Right. That was yeah, how crazy it was. Yeah. 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 People had names like Lexus and. Right. Well, they were sponsored, right? That's yeah. right. Everyone was sponsored. Yeah. Remember the Secretary of State would say something, say sponsored by Carl's Jr.? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just, <laughs> Carl's Jr. <laughs> I mean, it's brilliant. Of all the ones to pick. But yeah, yeah. It was like, it, it was just, just absolute. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, and I don't know if your kids, you know, and, and I know that it was kind of a, and we may have discussed this before, but kind of an underhanded, you know, environmental statement, the, the Pixar movie WALL-E. Never saw um, that, yeah. I think your yeah. kids were kind of past that at that yeah. point. But, um, but, you know, the whole idea is that, that they, they ruined everything on Earth. There's trash everywhere on Earth. And so they had to, you know, go up in this big ship and live there until the Earth was cleaned up and then oh. it didn't get cleaned up. Yeah. And in the ship, the people have now evolved to the point where their bones are completely like they they don't even have bones. They're just j- like jelly people oh sitting in these automatic chairs. They're gooists. That, oh, big, Goo, they're gooey. Right? Yeah, and everyone talks through uh, technology. That, yeah. They could be sitting next to each other. They don't even really acknowledge that they're sitting next. This to is each a other. cartoon for kids. Yeah, dude, it's great. Oh, yeah. okay, got yeah. it. So it's a warning. Uh, essentially, yes. Okay. Now, again. It, I think the intent was a poke at the environmental, you know, like if we ruin the earth, this is what we'll become, you know. But, oh, okay, right. Gotcha. But it, but it speaks sure. volumes to the other side of it, right? You could, you could plug in any goo problem you want, right? You know, this is what we're going to become if we allow right. these things to overrun right. What, right. We, what we really believe. But anyway, I hate that we're, uh, we're kind of on the end of our time. That's okay. Uh, I feel like we didn't talk what we were going to talk about, but we yeah. talked about what I, what I, well, we started where we wanted to start, and I think right. we uh, we ended where we needed to. Right, That's well, the way these usually go. Then I'm going to say this to you. Will Please you do. do. Will you do three things for me? Uh, depends on what they are. Why don't you tell me what they are, and I'll tell you. Will you love and protect your family? Heck yeah. Will you be an asset to your community? Constantly. Will you be a swinging dick? <laughs> swinging dick. <laughs> monstrous. <laughs> a monstrous. <laughs> will you be a swinging dick that 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 will is willing to? Hopefully not. Is willing to fight the whole mill. Absolutely. Then I'll say this to you. you yes. Face for radio. Ah, it's a good thing it's a podcast. It is. It is. Shout out to Mike Leach. <laughs> You've been listening to the Minivan Centurion. If you liked it, share it, rate it, and review it. Then join us every week while we talk about what it's going to take to fulfill our duty as men and leaders. You were made for these times. The road will be rough, but you're up to the task. You don't fight alone. You fight alongside Centurions. Centurions.